it's Friday or Saturday if you're not in the States. Welcome to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, the podcast that brings you two-wheeled issues from around the globe and much further, sometimes outer space. Brought to you with the support of our loving patrons via patreon.com forward slash creative writing. Check it out to learn more. Let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Blanket Pinkay. And to my right is our famous, world famous co host, the Whammer, the Slammer, Chris Wiggins. And this is episode 150 of Creative Writing motor stinky podcast is that right yeah sweet dude you're right on the money good and you haven't even been listening for the last 10 shows i'm super impressed (laughs) (laughs) all right this is creative writing hang around through this intro music all right we're gonna we're gonna do this show tonight in rapid fashion just because um guess what we uh only have like one bar on the recorder and I can't find batteries, so if this thing cuts out, that's it. I'm going to have to record the rest of this without Wiggins around to help, which is going to make me very sad and be very unfortunate because our whole show is based on <laughs> you being here to, to help. <laughs> so this week, uh, let's do this thing that you, you were suggested the other, other week where we talk about what we're going to be talking about this episode. Sure. I didn't even told Chris about it. This week on the show, we're going to talk about some stuff that we did Plus, we ha- we're going to start a new challenge. And that's my announcer voice. I haven't been working on it very, it's very hard since last It's been a time. challenge for me to research the challenge. Yeah, I know. It's challenging. I picked something that I work have worked with a few times and like know pretty much about it so that it would be nice and easy for me. But in the spirit of the challenge, I know everybody's been, everybody was talking about how they liked the last, the motor challenge. What else? We, we did the motor challenge and we did the, uh, well, that was the only one they talked about that they liked. Well, every, yeah, they don't like how we're, they, we challenge them to listen every week by talking about weird stuff and <laughs> being, being annoying. But I swear we did more than just a motor challenge. We did a motor challenge and one other one, right? Uh, we tried to do another one. Yeah, I just wasn't as successful. Yeah, because we did it off air. What makes them entertaining is like the history part of it, or like the learning something. Yeah, and I don't know what maybe maybe the other one was our build challenge because we did try to do like a build thing that kind of didn't go anywhere because neither of us is inspired to build anything right now. (laughs) We don't live in a part of the country where you build this time of year. That's true. I know we still ride. Uh, Yeah, you know it's. I was just thinking to myself today, wow, it's about time. And we also live in a part of the country where you can't afford garage space. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, not every house comes with a garage out here, guys. But but the places that it does, they're like all moldy and gross because it gets wet there. And here, like, if you have a garage, you could set a box of crackers out and it wouldn't go stale for three months because it's so damn dry. But um, but yeah, I, 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 I really want to get back to a challenge. People really like the motor challenge. And... Um, I was just about to say, I was thinking to myself, yeah, this is about the time of the year where I, I go to the blog and I whip out Chris Singsheim's little piece that he sent us three years ago about winterizing your bike. And uh, I, I almost always forget because, dude, I was, it was been kind of hot here the last couple of days. And uh, so I, I forget that it's actually winter, except for the fact that he said he made his last pass. I think it was last uh, last weekend. So I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, I can't imagine not riding right now. So... Um, speaking of writing, Wiggs, have you done any writing recently? I did. I did. I did. What'd you do? I 
hosted a race last weekend. Holy cow. How did that go? Actually went really, really well. Um, I don't know. It was, it ran smooth. We didn't have as many riders as I want. I really want, I really want 30 minimum, but I really want like 50, including tank shifters. Um, and the tank shifters are all kind of broken right now. So I had, uh, but I had 15 hooligans and a couple singles and like five or six mad dog guys. Yeah. And there's, the mad, there's a couple guys that showed up with pull starts and, um, and we just threw them at the mad dogs and, uh, one of them got second or third. He was wow. in a battle too. Like, so what's mad dog? Just whatever. So I don't know exact cause I, we don't care that much. <laughs> the rules for mad dog are supposed to be a 150 or smaller air cooled kind of mini bike um and supposed to be with adults on them yeah a lot of them started like remember when the 50s got huge oh yeah like literally um the bikes got real big and they weren't 50s yeah there you go like that's kind of where it like comes from it's meant to be like an adult mini bike class so you have like xr100s and klr110s and stuff like that um so we had a a kid running it. He actually smoked them all, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> they didn't care. He was, you know, he was super pumped that he won, and they all had fun. So, um, if you start to care, then it's not uh, a hooligan race anymore. Well, I mean, technically, it was a mad dog race. There you go. <laughs> the kid cared, um, but I don't know. It was cool. I mean, it was cool to watch the kid um, kind of beat up on the adults. So that was fun. Um, but it's a great. It's such a fun class. Um, and we even let you run knobbies cause we don't let you run knobbies on bigger bikes, like open singles and stuff like some of the other places will. Yeah. Some of the tracks don't like you to run knobbies either. Right. Cause right. it tears them up. Yeah. It's hard on the track surface and especially speedway bikes, man, the track's gotta be gro- good. If it starts picking up grooves, it's real hard on the speedway riders. So yeah, we did that. We had 15 hooligans. We had two crashes. Um, one guy hit a rear tire and high sided and another guy just low sided. And, um, the guy that high sided, like bent his bars and got a little beat up, but not bad. He was, uh, up and walking, nothing broke, nothing really bruised. Um, and that was it. I mean, we had three heats in a main, um, and we had 12, 15 riders. We had 12 by the end of the night. Um, I think another guy's bike broke. That one guy crashed. Maybe we had 13 in the main. I don't remember. Um, anyway, yeah, so there were two heats. I mean, like, per round or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, in the main we had 12 or 13, and it was clean except the one guy low side, and it was close. It was fast. Um, it was really good. It was It was everything to me that hooligan racing should be. Like, everyone had a good time. I would like more prizes, whether that be money or giveaway or whatever. Um you think people would go for like a, a time on the show or like a, a lap dance from Junkie? You're like, no, no, that, that they they will not race if that's <laughs> maybe time on the show. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, that'd be because that'd be fun to talk to people and see what they. Some of them would, I'm sure. For some of them, like it, it would be such a long drive up here, and then some of them are oh, like, I'll drive, we'll drive down there to them. We'll do it the night of the race. That might be cool. I yeah. wonder if we could get Twitch on. Yeah. So and, if he wins, he has to win. He Twitch showed up. He actually had a real good shot. So him and a kid named Nick Nefroni and Brad Spencer battled all night, really, like, they were all on fire. I mean, Spencer's – I think Spencer's nickname needs to be Smooth Spencer. Yeah. I mean, he's just – he's smooth and fast, and he's definitely a little more in control than those two guys, and I think a little more reserved. Um, Is he married? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So we can't call him the spinster. <laughs> Brad spinster. <laughs> sure we still could. Yeah. We can call him whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Twitch and Nefroni were going at it. They were both on fire, both flying. Twitch has been, I mean, obviously, if you guys don't, have never heard the name Twitch when it comes to riding motorcycles, um, like I'm not into motors or I'm not really into motocross. Yeah, or, that's a brand of motocross goggles, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's one, he's probably what the third or fourth person to do a backflip. Yeah, I, I forget. He, I, I mean, he was, if you want one of the pioneers of freestyle. Yeah, I think he was a judge for this year's um, X Games free ride. Uh, the freestyle, you, what you had to do for that was make a, uh, make a video. Mm, yeah, a- yeah. And, uh, I think he was one of the judges. Yeah. For that. He's, yeah, he's, he's done so much crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but he got I, into hooligan racing and then he got a sporty and he's been riding it and he likes Paris and he had fun. I, I mean, I don't know. That's my goal at my events is to, for everyone to have fun. And so far that part has been a huge success. Um, I just, I still want to get more riders there because if I like basically what I'm looking at right now for 19 is two races. Um, one at the beginning of the year in January, the date's already set January 12th and then one again at the end of the year. Um, and what was this last one? What did you call it? Cause I mean, you had the veggie plate and you had the hooligan shootout. So this one was the shootout. Okay. So the, cause the last shootout was at the end of last year. Yeah. Okay. So we called it the, this time we called it the national shootout. I'm not sure if I like that. Um, I mean, it would be cool to like have an event that we could call a national event, but I don't know. I also just kind of like call it the pickle shootout. <laughs> I also kind of like the uh, just the. <laughs> I have a book in front of me with the pickle shooting guns. That, like and, uh, the pickle shootout just kind of makes 101 sense. One pickle jokes. <laughs> now you know um, where I get my humor from. <laughs> yeah, and then the veggie plate classic was just kind of like it's funny because like four people know why it's called that. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, "What?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." And I even bought veggie plates and took. Yeah, um, just come and just come and race. And eat, yeah, but the riders like, man, they have such a good time at those events. And I know, you know, a lot of the guys have a good time at the other events, but you can just feel the atmosphere in the pits is a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to hear about how fun. We all know how fun a hooligan race is. I want to know if you won or not, man. I won a heat race. Oh, I, I want to hear about it. I got second in a heat. And I won a heat. I got killed in the heat, and then I got <laughs> I got a bad start in the main. And I did pretty bad in the it main. It was Dia de Estrellas Muertos, so you're forgiven for that. But yeah, yeah the the fans want to know how the champ, the people's champion, <laughs> the only uh, the only hooligan racer with the podcast. Uh, to they want to know how you how a continuing you did. podcast. Yeah. I think there's other hooligan racers that have, have had podcasts. Well, hey, listen, everyone's had a podcast now. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like a. <laughs> tramp stamp right <laughs> so um, yeah i want to heat i was pretty stoked on that I, honestly like when i do my events um i don't go there like even though I, I i do enjoy racing them i don't go there like in my head like i'm gonna go win um it's just not like that doesn't sound like a racer attitude <laughs> it's I, at those events it's not like i i'm a hundred percent like when I do those events and I see all the other riders there and they're having a good time and they're like, Oh, we, we really like doing your events. Um, you know, and the afterwards they just tell me how much fun it was. Like I won, you know, like I ran an, I, I ran an event and I got the response out of the riders that I think hooligan events should have. Yeah. So for me, like I won, like, cause as some of you may know, 
uh, I have a big mouth (laughs) and I tell people my opinion. And this is like my chance to show people my opinion. Yeah. Like say, Hey, this is why I think it should be done this way. Yeah. And you're, uh, you always have some exciting races. I love, you know what I love about these things is going out and just seeing people that you know race. Like I, I know uh, Matt, one of our patrons and somebody that has uh, a blog, his own blog, he was out there uh, just to see the hooligans. You know, he, oh, yeah. he, he wasn't even racing. His bike's down. Oh, he never even came over and said, yeah, hey. no, his bike's down. And um, he just wanted to come out and see the hooligans. That's just, a my motorbike obsession, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it's just so fun to um, go out and watch somebody you know. Like when you were yeah. racing at Paris, that was, you know, yeah. that was awesome. It, and it was some good, like the racing was really good. Yeah. Um, and like I, I, said, I want to hear it, the lowdown from like your start to your your checkered man. There was just it was close. It was it was fast, especially like watching Nefroni and um, Twitch. They seemed faster than Spencer seemed. You know that old um, like go slower, yeah. Like slow down, you'll go faster. Yeah, like yeah. that's Spencer for sure. Um, he's not in a hurry. You know, he's not trying to get mixed up and wadded up for sure. Especially at my events when there's nothing on the line. Um, but he went out and won it. His heat was rad. Um, Twitch got around Nefroni, and then they all kind of bunched up. And uh, Twitch and Nefroni ran like a little bit wide in the last last lap in three and four. And you just see Spencer just turn the bike and drive out under him and win the heat. <laughs> nice. And it was cool because like I feel like most hooligan events are this way too. But like all of us that were waiting in the gate for uh, our heat, <laughs> like everyone is cheering. Like we were cheering for Twitch. Lead. We were cheering for Nefroni to lead it. Then we were cheering when Twitch passed him. And then we were cheering when Nefroni almost passed him back. And then we were cheering when Spencer passed them both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, it, I don't, it was just cool. Like it didn't matter. Like we we're just cheering for our homies, which was all three of them. Yeah. But, um, but the action, the yeah, race it was action. cheering for like the good race action. And to see that move in the last corner, we were just like, what? Yeah. Um, you know what I like about the sound of that too, is that when you go to something like the Moto Beach Classic or something like that, or you go to even at Paris, right? Like if you go there, uh, there's camaraderie in the pits for but, sure. But when you go there to see somebody that you're cheering for win, there's not animosity toward anybody. Although yeah. there could be. I mean, if you're like, if you're not friends with somebody that ends up showing up. But the thing is, is like on those races, like you you want to see who you came there to see win. Yeah. So it's so cool when you guys show up. It's just like a bunch of friends kind of doing. Yeah. A fun thing. And you guys don't really care when somebody, whoever's in the lead, you're just cheering for them, you know, like that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, for sure. And that, it definitely like kind of came through more so at that event. Yeah. But, um, and and you guys, there was a kid winning in the pool in the, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a 10 year old kid win it. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. It was good. I I mean, did you guys have, did you end up having that street class? Like a street tire? Car? No, yeah. we didn't even, we had one guy show up for the half throttle class. Um, so we put him in with the fast guys. Um, and that was it. I, I was, like I said, I was kind of bummed with the rider turnout. Yeah. The rider response with the guys that, that did show up was amazing. Um, but the turnout's hard. And the reason I want a big turnout, it's not that I want, I want everyone to be in my events. I mean, I, I do, but if I know that I put on like 
Brian Bell, I think, was a good example. When we went down to Del Mar, there were 40 or – I think the last time there were over 50 riders showed up. Oh, there, was t- there had to be like – there was four and honestly, mains or something. It was like it went down yeah. to a C main on that. And main. honestly, it was a shit show too. But they would still show up. Um, so what – my goal – like if I can have 40 – if I know that I'm going to have – 30 guys um and possibly 40 like if i know that if i put it out there i'm gonna have 40 guys i can go to sponsors and say dude i have 40 racers show up and that's good for getting parts donated it's good for getting money because as much as it sucks like money helps pay for events um you know like so far i'm still doing it all pro bono which is cool um sometimes I get a little lazy because I'm like, fuck, I wish I was making a little bit of money. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I put in a lot of time to it too, so it'd be rad to get a little bit of like um, something out of it. And I think it'll happen, but, um, you know, really, I want to get sponsors to drop the entry fee. I want to get sponsors to give a purse. Whether, you know, I don't, I'm not going to give 500 for first, nothing for second, but, um you know, it'd be cool if first place won a hundred bucks and second one 80 or 75 and, you know, it paid back to 10 places. Even if 10th place is getting 10 bucks or something, you know, like it, it just, because when you get that far back in the field too, they don't really know what spot they're in. Um, and if it's such little increments, you're not going to take your buddy out to win it. Um, yeah, but it's also cool. It's also like, Oh, there's actually a purse. So, you know, it, it's, I would take a gift certificate to a, a restaurant in Paris like that. You know what I'm saying? Like just some, some local place that that'd be, I mean, it, it's just, I think so about much. the only thing you could get a gift certificate to in Paris would be like Del Taco. That's fine with me. I'll take a $10 <laughs> gift certificate to Del Taco. You know, what's funny is most of the hooligans would be like, what? A gift certificate to Del Taco. This is awesome. <laughs> like uh, 50 people entering. Yeah. <laughs> and last year, um, I had a connection at PBR last year, so I got like 20 cases of beer. Um, you know, and this year I could have got some beer donated, but it was in San Diego. It was a lot harder to go pick up. Um, and there's no breweries in San Diego. It's like impossible to yeah, get beer done. Right. It's like a dry county. I just didn't want to go down and get it. <laughs> but um, sarcasm, sarcasm. Yeah, right. Not on the not wanting to go get it. I really didn't want to. Get it. Oh, yeah, no, but, no. Yeah, and you know, so I got a little bit more like parts Wait, donated last the year. The thing about the uh, the breweries, you can't drink a beer and throw an em- your empty beer bottle without hitting another brewery. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? there's like ninety something in <laughs> San incredible. Diego County now. Yeah, it's, hey, yeah, I, yeah, it's there's it's insane. Like per capita, there's more than there are uh, motorcycles in India or something like that. It's pretty crazy. Hey, will you do me a favor, real quick? I'm sorry to interrupt this story. It's all right. Folks. My story. It's probably drowning on anyway. They're probably tired of hearing it. Oh no, we want to hear all the how you slid in, um, standing up on your foot peg and everything. I'm gonna have Wiggins hold this comically large piece of money while I take an Instagram pic. <laughs> real quick. So sorry for interrupting the story, everyone. <laughs> Not that we could have done this before the show. I'm surprised it's actually metal. It's it's so funny. Oh god. Okay. Come on. Yeah. You need one of those little right. like tiny hands <laughs> that I could hold it in that tiny hand so <laughs> oh. This is awesome. So um yeah, a spoiler alert too. Me and Wiggins hung out, uh, hung out on Sunday. We did. And are you allowed to talk about the, any other writing that you did or no? 
Oh, the last week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason I missed the show. Yeah. yeah. So he was he was gone last week. But anyway, um, yeah, before we get into all that good stuff, yeah, tell us break down the race, man. Break down the break down your um your win. Because you were telling me how crazy it was. And then and then let's break down the, the one where you didn't win. Uh, the win was just a good start. Like, uh, even the second place was a good start. Um, you know, honestly, I haven't been out and actually practiced in like a year and a half. <laughs> and there's a lot of fast dudes that ride with us. And a lot of fast guys that show up to my event, you know? Yeah, and I noticed that everyone everyone. Knew- Instagram, they've been like going to Milestone like every other weekend or something. Between Milestone and Blackmore, and just, and I get it, you know, it's just, it's exhausting with all like the traveling I do to, to go practice on the weekends that I'm actually in town. Um, so, you know, I, I want to see my family. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, that's my whole thing. I did actually go riding and it was in between, uh, going to become a ref for soccer, taking my kid because playoffs are coming up. And then just like you, I know Wiggs has been super busy at work, as have I. Like it's, uh, you know, 2019 is right here. AIM, you know, and with AIM and trying to get time off and, and yeah. all this and that. And um, my wife's an educator. And so trying to, this is also the time of year for uh, parent-teacher conferences. Like, dude, it's been tight. I barely had time to make our challenge um do research for our challenge this week (laughs) which which i'm only saying because i know wiggins has a sad zero time to do that but um but yeah man so between flat track racing and this blackmore place that i've been seeing everybody talk about uh yeah it seems like if you're not out there practicing once a week yeah as in like you know if you don't have kids uh, radical for you it's actually cool um that guy showed up to the race too to check it out. So, oh, the Blackmore guy. Yeah, is yeah. his name Billy Blackmore? No, Billy Blanks. Does he do a? Say, it's not Kevin. What I totally lost it. Now that you're gonna ask, but <laughs> um, yeah, but he can't. I mean, he he didn't come out and race, but he uh, rode out to check it out. And was he a Tai Chi instructor in the eighties? I, I doubt it. Okay. I'm just asking really dumb questions because I, I want to make a mental picture of this person in my head that like fits what I think they look like. <laughs> Does he wear um those big wave gods pants and have did he have a mullet at one time? He may have had a mullet at one time, but I'm yeah. not sure what wave I think God I, pants I think are. I know who we're talking about. Um Yeah, I mean I just got a good start and uh tried to stay out front. Um you know, I didn't uh I didn't do any adjustments to my bike. All I did was check the air pressure. Uh, I knew the gearing was close anyway, so I just, I, and it actually was, I kind of had it geared for Paris for El Mirage. The front end was a little tall, but I wanted to ride it and see how it felt. And it actually felt decent. Um, I probably could have dropped it down an inch, probably an inch would have been fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't even change. I didn't put my flat track, uh, right side peg on. I left the rear set on from El Mirage and it felt good. Like it didn't feel as good, but it felt good. Um, yeah, you, you probably had a whole bunch of time to dial that thing in. I, yeah, I actually did, and I just didn't touch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm try- I was trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And then, yeah, I, I didn't get a great start in the main, and then uh, there's just a lot of people getting around fast. So I don't even know what I finished. I think it sixth or seventh. I saw the results. Yeah, that's not too shabby. You know, if you... If you put on a race and then end up winning it, like every time people are going to be suspicious too. So. What I told them too, I'm like, 
because this doesn't happen at all the races, when the promoter or one of the big sponsors is there, <laughs> I told the flagger, I'm like, dude, if I jump, you put me to the back. Yeah. Like, and I told the riders the same thing. I'm like, if I jump, he's going to put me to the back. And I, I've been to a few races where uh, the guy's name was hung on the wall and he like jumped real, real bad. And they're just like, oh, it's cool. It's like they're scared he's gonna pull their pull his check, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. That's not how uh, that's not how competition works, my friend. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's not how I work. I, I'm not into that. But um, it was cool. We used speedway tapes too, and they didn't even ask. And a lot of times, everyone wants to use the flag, and I'm like, I like the speedway tapes. Yeah, they're just hard to beat, dude. They're fair. You can't yeah. do shit about them. You can't. Yeah, you definitely can't go over the line. Yeah, man that that would be kind of fun. And next time. Um, I I'm vowing now that if Spamla is running the next time you have a race, uh, I would love to enter it and just because I know how it is not knowing. Hey, look, I want to go kind of race and do like the half throttle thing, and I'm not sure how many people are going to be there, and if it's going to be a waste of time and intimidating, blah blah blah. So come out and old junk face will go in the. the I'm half not throttle sure like this if we're gonna. Uh, in January, if we're going to do a half throttle or a street or a singles class. Mm. If you do, um, if you end up doing We might do an open singles class. It'd be cool, though. That would be pretty cool. It wouldn't be super busy. The, the problem with throwing you in with the fast hooligans is we're all on really big bikes. Yeah. And if there's 15 or 20 of them. Dude, it'll be like a, a flea going around in a cockroach. <laughs> but if you're, I mean, but if there's an open singles class, you know, there's not going to be 20 of them. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that big. They would deal. just be like on five hundreds though. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Whatever. They would be. I raced I was pretty close at Del Mar to that guy on that triumph, which is you know, seven fifty or whatever. So I was pretty close to him. It just depends how fast you are. Just make sure there are a bunch of slow uh, all of us are slow. Because I literally haven't been on dirt since uh twisted throttles last year. <laughs> like I haven't even <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's uh yeah. I usually do one only one or two things a year, so I get it. <laughs> but um but yeah, man, I that's that's rad. And next year, um yeah, we'll pump it up for sure and get some get some more people out there. So we got the date people. already, it's January twelfth. Well there um, you go. Just like New all Year's of them Day. follow uh SoCal Hooligans for details. Yeah, that's on Instagram by the way. It is SoCal underscore hooligans. He doesn't use Facebook. I, I did one for my racing and I did one for my knives, but I haven't done one for yeah. SoCal Hooligans. It's all right. I think people people will get it. People, I, enough people here are using Not that many people do use Facebook for that stuff. So uh, they, they were too busy getting their information pirated. So they're like, eh. <laughs> I feel the people that use Facebook and don't use Instagram, they like, I don't. They well, also use dial-up phones. Uh, so. I don't know, dude. There's a lot. The, the The benefit of Facebook is that you can have, you can lock, you can, you can organize stuff. There, you can make calendars and like mm. organize events and have people go out like an RSS feed. That's true. Sort that's of true. Thing. I mean, there's, there's a little bit more dynamic than just looking at yeah. a picture with a date. And come on, people, I'm so sick of Instagram. Every single thing having a rad flyer with no information just like a date and you're like is this even in the united states like there's a date and a rad name and then like a location and that's yeah. about it or i mean uh, no location it just says like like the fast dinas or whatever there's something going on this weekend. Dina days dinas days and yeah. that's i saw a flyer that said dina days this weekend and that's it it's like doesn't even say if it's in california or yeah, like it's at adam's cart track but i don't know a lot other than that yeah and so if 
all these reposts, nobody ever like reposts the caption that had the original information. So you're like, well, okay. Yeah. Dino, I guess I could go see a Dina somewhere this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, that is, that's coming up this weekend. Yeah. And um, yeah, there was a, actually this last couple of weekends, a lot of stuff has happened. And uh, I want to get into that. But um, yeah, before we do get into anything else, I want to hear real quick. Why did you? Why were you not in the show last week? I think the listeners. I think I might have mentioned it last week, but I think the listeners want to hear straight from you why you weren't here. Uh, we filmed a video and did some photos for Icon in downtown LA. Yeah. So pretty. It's pretty rad. Like for me, I was in the stunting scene um, when Icon kind of started, and. Even after that, like when I moved to California, like um, the first leather jacket I bought was an icon um, because it was like it fit comfortable, but it still had armor, especially like for the Harley. Like it wasn't all like super sport bike, you know, like Alpine Star Hunchback. Yeah. It was comfortable and kind of like a relaxed fit, but it actually had armor where a lot of the Harley jackets are opposite. They have like shitty padding, shitty leather. And this was like a nice sturdy heavy. I actually still have it. I've that's what I rode around the country in. Like it's a badass jacket. Um Yeah. Yeah, dude. They've been like super good to me. You know, the, and then the first place I saw Icon was the Speed Cretan. They took a little I think it was an XT five hundred or something like that, or an XR five hundred and or whatever. Um I think it was a Yamaha, so it was probably an XT and they made a friggin' It looked like a little bike with a banana seat and everything. And then that Speed Cretan helmet came out. And I was like, oh. And to me, they were bike builders. And then I realized they made gear. Because I went yeah. on their website and saw all the custom bikes they have. And then I realized, oh, they made this bike to go with this helmet. And then I was like, oh. And then they make helmets. Yeah. And then so I saw like all their... They it's do, actually they just opposite. Like it's a gear company yeah. that makes bikes and to I, promote the I gear. I had no idea. Yeah. They make so many rad bikes that I was like, oh my God, these bikes are cool. And then I realized they're using those to sell their their stuff. Yeah, we did. um, So they kind of want to get in the V-Twin market more. Um, So we did downtown LA, um, like Second Street Tunnel, um, all around like the Disney Orchestra Hall, like downtown, downtown. Yeah. Um, I almost had jury duty there last week. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing the courthouse like when I was driving there to park. Um, we because what they wanted was the big buildings in the background. Oh, yeah, it's so so cool. It looks yeah. so rad. So we um we started the night with me on my Dyna, uh, my buddy Fonz on an Indian Scout tracker, um, but like street, you know, had headlight taillight, so streetable. Um, and then just all black too, not like all hooligan race paint job or whatever. And then, uh, Ernie Vigil, um, on a turbo triumph 675. Yeah. Yes. I know that's not a twin. And even the hooligan bike, um, the Indian, I was kind of like, to me, that wasn't, um, the V twin market. Like, I feel like you already kind of have the tracker market, but they also wanted like different bikes. They didn't want like two Dinas. Yeah, yeah. So no, and that's a good strategy. Uh, I mean, you kind of want to appeal to yeah a lot of people then. And there was a lot of photos and stuff that were individual, so they're still gonna have plenty of Dyna stuff. Yeah, um, plenty of the Scout dude, Ernie Vigil. Uh, speaking of him, and I forget the other guy's name again. Nick Apex, right? Yeah, that's who it was, dude. 
they have some awesome icon has made some radical videos with those mm-hmm. two. And uh, speaking of bikes where I was like, Oh, is this a gear company or a bike company? Like I loved watching those guys do all sorts of crazy stunts and stuff. I think they did the ones where they did the, uh, they did the, all the drift ones. Yeah. They did all the radical. Like one was out at, uh, God, those are so some funny. Oregon raceway and like, but they also one was that- in downtown Portland. When yeah. They had the cop and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. And they also had that one where they went across the desert though on their, they had like, I don't know. They woke. Was that them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, On like Triumph Scrambler. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah. It was something. They were like Tiger, Tigers. Or, yeah, I don't know if the Tigers. That might have been them. Yeah, but I think it was Tigers. They actually don't ride for Icon anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but they had uh, Ernie back to do just the video. That's cool, man. So, but he's a good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's decent. He's not going to be for the next few months. Oh no. Did you run into him? No, he. Uh, so we were doing like these blow bys by the camera, and he was doing a wheelie on the turbo at six seventy five, and uh, we kind of had a short slowdown. And hindsight being what it is, when we were at the other end, he's like, "Hey, let's try second, which for the dyno was pretty good. Second on his Triumph, I, he could have stayed in first on the Triumph. Again, hindsight, but when he, so he kind of like he was going straight on towards the camera, and Fonz and I were to the sides." And then he would lift it up and he went like he would kind of wheelie to the left and then set it down past the camera. Um, and we had him going left to the camera because the turbo was on the right and we were uh, hoping to get some turbo sounds. Yeah, too. there you go. Right. Um, and then, but yeah, so second gear wheelie, pretty moving pretty good. And so he, when he set the front wheel down, he, he locked the front tire. Um, tried to save it and then it ended up just like it it hooked and i saw the bike like it looked like he was like floating above it hanging onto the one handlebar oh man and it was just spinning below him um that's a new trick for all you stunters out there yeah but it broke his tib fib oh son of a so guy. yeah so his ankle is dangling um i knew he was i mean obviously he was in shock but uh i knew he was kind of okay when he looked at me and he said, what bike, what side did the bike land on? Yeah. Did that, where, that was my turbo. <laughs> and I'm like on the left. And he's like, so I missed the turbo. <laughs> and then he like, passed yep, out. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, and luckily like we had, I mean, we had rented, um, like the streets and it had like, so the way it worked was like, we would close down like a section and do some stuff on that section. It was kind of, they call it a rolling grid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had the cops there, so they just called the fire and the fire actually happened to be real close. So the ambulance took him to the hospital and, but, uh, I talked to him the day after, like he's and then two clowns, like in Wee's big adventure came out and scooped the bike up <laughs> and like ran off with the bike. He was actually, um, he was so, but he's like, man, he's like, I'm so sorry to ruin your guys commercial. Oh, I was like, dude, it's cool. And then I, you know, we kind of knew. Yeah. So he, he, at least he made it past the camera. So it might still make it in there. Yeah, for sure. And he was there for a decent amount of footage. So, but, um, yeah, I mean it, uh, so he was, it was pretty early in the night. So the, the guy from Icon came over to Fonzine and he's like, Hey, he's like, um, that sucks and all, but we rented all this and we spent a lot of money and we're like, we get it, you know? So we, uh, you know, we stayed my, when we were wrapping up, my alarm went off to get up and to go to get work. Up and go to work. <laughs> that's hey, that's L.A. baby. That's how it works. Yeah. I to be honest, dude, when you watch Ken Block's drift videos, uh, I don't know how. I mean, there's some parts of downtown that he has drifted that I'm like, dude, how do they even block that off for like ten minutes? Like it is crazy. so. It's actually 
Now they might do it different because because it was during broad, like broad daylight. Can I have one of those? Yeah, uh, yeah. Can they, I have one of your waters? They probably spend a lot more money too, but I know we spent a grip just to do that part. Yeah. Let alone paying the police, so we had to do it at night. And we had to be done by six a.m. And we could tell at about four thirty-five. And by the police, you paid. You were, paid like a mall cop. He just pretended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually was right. We had motorcycle cops. Like they guide us around, and they'd stand at the end of the street and like direct traffic and stuff. It was pretty cool. So I don't know. Like, and we got told that we couldn't do burnouts in certain sections because um, residents would hear it and they would also smell it. The homeless people. You can. You're not allowed to wake they up didn't the homeless give a shit people. About the homeless people. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many down everywhere. Downtown. Yeah, I some Can I get a ride? Were, some of them were sleeping in the tunnel and I'm doing like rolling burnouts, like smoking <laughs> the whole tunnel up on the dyna. But so yeah, I mean they rented that. Um so I don't know how Ken Blocks was different because his was day. I haven't Dude. seen his LA one. I know he did San Francisco. Oh Dude, he goes all over Flower Street and he does it around like well, he goes under was, the bridges. Was and LA and then we couldn't go on the freeways. He went on the freeway. They did like a simulation OJ chase, which is pretty funny. Like he passes it. it it's pretty funny. Oh, okay. You got to watch it. It's a, I think it's Jim Connor six. I think it's the LA one. Okay. What car is it in? It's in a, um, it's not the Hoonicorn, is it? The Mustang? The Mustang. Yeah. Is it the all wheel drive? It's dri- the like, first one with the, it's the, the very first one with the Mustang. Yeah. 65. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so we we were a little more limited. Yeah, but still, I got I was doing rolling burnouts in the Second Street Tunnel. I know that's so cool. Like um, downtown, when you see downtown, don't you just want to be a hooligan? Like it's just like hooliganable. Yeah. Like it's it'd be so Crazy. rad to just have yeah. people move out for like a day and just have, make it like a playground. Like yeah, a stunt it's playground. so insane. Um, and just some of the spots we were going, where we would like do little runs past where the cameras were, and like trying to do little wheelies, but the Clutching the dyna is not that amazing, so it doesn't do much of a wheelie. Um, there were a few where I could use, like, because we we're on such an incline and it would like drop off flat for the intersection. Um, but I was able to like get over the front end and get it to do burnouts. So we did a few of those. There's a couple rad hills up there too, like right by the Disney Hall and stuff. Yeah, did that's guys, where we were at. Did you guys get to go up and jump the hills or anything? Uh, not really jump over, but yeah, yeah, Just, that's rad. We got to go up. God, there. that'd be so rad. Like the craziest thing i saw up there was a hobo having sex with like a the ground and another one right next to him trying to rip a sign out of the ground like dude i would just you know i'd love to get over there on a motorbike and see something crazy fun instead of something crazy sad like that area is just so weird but at night i bet it was even just crazier yeah it was it was kind of nuts and just like you're just out there like making all this noise. Yeah, God, um, yeah, your dyna's pretty loud too. It's not too bad, but when you get on it like that, it's yeah. loud. Well, so I'm sure three bikes with pipes yeah. <laughs> all over because those buildings echo too. Like, oh yeah, dude, that the sound on there must have sound like a, a, a canyon. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like echoing through a canyon. But it was cool. I'm super excited. The the product that we some of it was already out. Some of it was new. Um, it's just so cool to like be involved in that and have like a company like that be like, hey, we want this plus size model in our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no body shaming. I, I love so, I love 2018. I mean, it's probably a decent amount of their market. So 
Especially if you want the V twin market. Like I'm a small guy. I know. I was just gonna say we need. They're all. You need to like bulk up, little bro. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> need to eat some cheeseburgers before the set. Can you eat about 27 pounds of uh, cheeseburgers uh, every week for the next three weeks before we start shooting? Yeah. No. That it sounds like awesome fun. And then you and I. Uh, went to a show. Uh, yeah, we went to Sunday. a concert actually like four blocks from where yeah. we parked for the shoot. So it was kind of cool to see, for you yeah. to relive your... Uh, it was cool. And I caught the bass pick yeah. from the band, so Hell super yeah. stoked. That was a fun show. I already got our. I already got my repay show to you picked out. All right. So we just got to... It's in December, so... Uh, don't, uh, don't plan anything <laughs> for December. Like, uh, cancel your Christmas yeah, <laughs> and cancel anything you might've been doing in December. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's awesome. And, and I'd like to talk about the stuff because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say. What's that? Did you, uh, you, you gave a piece of it away. What? I'm confused. The band? <laughs> no, no, the gear. I'd like to talk about the gear. Uh, when oh, it, yeah. Not on this show, but maybe the next show because, dude, I can tell you uh, it, it's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may have worn like eight pieces of it to work the next day and I work right I work at a desk <laughs> so it's like from the house to the garage you put yeah. on the gear oh helmet dude I, what a nerd to be working at a computer with the helmet on right but I just wanted the to helmet it was released the jacket's actually one that I had I in most of their jackets I wear large uh-huh. um but that one was snug on me. Yeah. So uh, you got you ended up with a jacket, a helmet, Dude, and a pair of shoes. Wig, I felt like it was – Oh, and a I backpack. Felt, felt, yeah. I felt All like of those Christmas. pieces were released. Dude, um, not only did Wigs like pay for a, a show on Sunday, then he's like, hey, man, when we were coming back, he's like opens his trunk, and it was just like that scene in Pulp Fiction where like uh, the glowing gold came out of the back of the trunk or like that scene in Reservoir Dogs when the trunk opens and they all start laughing because there's a tied-up cop in the back. Dude, all this uh, gear came flying out. It was like Christmas in, what is this, uh, Christmas in November. <laughs> it's close to it would have been better for December. It's almost like having Christmas it's in December. December. Oh. I mean, I have do I have two helmets brand new in boxes that I haven't even opened them because I'm like you have so many. I have so many. Yeah. But I I have a budget and I have to order it. So, I just order them. But the ones you got were from the shoot. Like I wore that helmet one yeah. night. Um that jacket I've worn once or twice. I have like I have so, again, like I have the stuff I really like, and then I wear a lot. Yeah, and then I have stuff that it's like I have a budget I have to order. So I'm like, oh shoot, I'll order that too. Yeah, but like and you have stuff. Uh, my buddy Corey, I took him a helmet and a jacket this year. Um, my brother-in-law got a helmet and a jacket. Um, my sister got my X Games helmet because it was a little small. Rad. Um, I mean, it's fortunate that you. I mean, that's really cool. I feel I'm I'm super appreciative. I can't say thank you enough. But I it's even funny that um, you're like, man. I, otherwise, you would have to have a, a closet with. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, for, for sure. Yeah. I even did. Did I order something for someone this year? I don't remember. Who needs a phone? Um, but I like when I email in my order, I'll be like. Hey, like when I got Corey a helmet, I emailed her and I'm like, hey, um, my buddy had like this old variant and uh, he's been racing it a lot. And I was like, since I have budget left, I was like, can I get this variant? Because I wear smalls and so it's not like I can order an XL or double XL, whatever Corey wears. And 
like at, she'd be like, what, like, what the fuck? So, uh, yeah. I was just like, Hey, I want to order my buddy a helmet. He wears this, like this size variant. Is that cool? And I'm like, if it's not cool, I'll order this one for myself. I was like, and you know, basically I'll have I, another helmet. <laughs> yeah. Basically I think I just, I'm not supposed to sell it. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, yeah. And, and I mean, there's all sorts of weird little trade laws and clauses where, yeah, it's okay for you to, uh, like get something like tag people and use their music in your Instagram stuff. But if you try to like sell that or use it as an ad, yeah, then yeah. they'll come to you and be yeah, like, Hey, you're not, sure. a, you're not a dealer, like a yeah. you know, distributor. Yeah. I actually learned about, uh, there's like a couple services you pay for. If you do a lot of ads with music in the background, you have to like pay for some services. Yeah. That's why that, I like show, covers the cost. It's like a yeah. blanket cover thing. You're yeah. not even supposed to do a cover. Well, as a musician, if you do a cover song, in a bar, technically, you're supposed to pay. The yeah. bar, the bar is supposed to have a, uh, you know, the bar really. If they're a music bar, they'll already pay the Harry Fox Agency and like. There's a couple other ones, but yeah, like you, you're not supposed to do cover songs because you're you're supposed to pay the uh, the artist for the right to do that. So yeah. I, I could see how with gear, it's the same thing. A guy like that used to play in Nashville all the time, and I think he moved now, but. Um, one of his old albums has uh, Folsom Prison on it, but it doesn't say it on the cover. <laughs> so that way it like, and I mean, that's an older album too, but he kind of covered himself, but he yeah. could still kind of get in trouble. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a popular cover for a lot of people. Oh yeah. But yeah, for sure. Um, and it, that's just part of my sponsorship deal is they don't want me to like get stuff and turn around and sell yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that which, makes sense. Yeah, totally. And but you know dude. what? I mean, Dude, if I can hook my friends up with stuff yeah. and and make sure that they have good safety gear, I'm cool with it. Yeah, and, and it, I told I, I told the lady that works at Icon that I deal with, um, and I know she met him at AIM too, uh, or at least Jim. But I told her like because we don't really have the same thing, but the Misfits have that room of gear, and I'm like, hey, because Icon has a back room full of like gear too, and like every time we go up, they're just like, oh, hey, here's this and this, like anything and. I figured out they're like anything that fits, anything you want, they're like, take it. It's all they're like, they use it once for a shoot. They, it's a sample. They may only have that one. Yeah. But they don't care. It's old. It's whatever. And uh, so they that's how they get rid of it. It's like yeah. when their riders stop by, they're like, oh, here, we'll take you to the back yeah. room. It's so. funny. I used to have a buddy. Well, he's still my buddy, I guess, um, that does uh, works in the movie industry. And when they set up, say you set up this garage right here, right? Uh, uh, this is... <laughs> You know, back back behind us, there's all these cameras. This is like all fake, right? But they would they would go in, take photos, and then build this actual garage just like this. Mm-hmm. And everything in it, they would buy and set up in there. And then after the shoot, they don't want to pay for storage for that. Yeah. And how many movies have tools, car tools? So all that crap goes to the people. Hey, do you want this? Like in Wayne's World when they built the basement. Y- yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. like, dude, it's like our base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, all the uh, computers, like he would get offered all sorts of stuff for free yeah. because they don't nobody's gonna buy it it's not it's already paid for yeah they don't it's, even it's care. already paid for they used it for their promotional budget it was already in it and they probably don't want to try to sell something that's yeah. used you know what i'm saying like it doesn't really yeah. make sense for them so that's kind of cool i have to tell you i'm super super grateful and 
I was playing around with the shoes too to see if they bend and how, and then I was like, Oh, Wiggins was in downtown with these. Like <laughs> I could just imagine like, even if you just put your feet down the street, how much hobo <laughs> urine had run down the street. And I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm all touching the shoes. And then I was like, you know how many dead people DNA yeah. is on the and bottom of these that, things? It was like, hobo feces. So the jacket was one I had that was a little small. The helmet I wore, and I really like that helmet. It's a matte black. It's their air flight. It's got like this weird visor that goes down on the chin. It looks like an eagle sort of. It looked, when I first saw it, I was like, what? And then when you see that like semi-mirrored visor, it looks super cool. Yeah. And uh, there might be, they're keeping that, but they're adding some accessories. Uh I don't think I will say what that is because, like, I had one of the accessories on that helmet. Uh And um, when Ernie got hurt, they put the visor on my buddy's helmet because we both had the new accessory (laughs) and he had, like, that visor. So, um, oh, okay. They, so anyway, he wanted that. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I was like, I don't really care. And I was, at the time, I wasn't even sure what I was doing with it. And then I was like, I should just give it to Larry. But, um, (laughs) so yeah, I, I had the regular flip down visor, but the the new accessory they're coming out with the air flight's super cool. Yeah. Um, when it comes out, we'll. I had to like I was looking at it too, and I was like, "What's this do?" And like these sunglasses came down yeah. and stuff. So, so I was like, "Wow!" I was actually going to buy a new helmet because when I rode to Vegas, um, I realized I need a new. Mine's getting like the cheek pads are getting. You can buy a new inserts, but I was like. The skirt fell off the bottom, and the air noise is like deafening. So yeah, well, I can't I, wait to try. That I kind of knew that, and I figured that too. And I was like, and I, it's those are rat. It does have. I forgot it had that. It ha- so it has the like the little pilot visor inside. Yeah. If you want tinted, so if you got clear and you need tinted, <laughs> but works so good at night. Like that would be co- good for night riding. Yeah, but it's hard because like I have a bunch of Airframe Pros, which is the nicer helmet supposed to be nicer. I don't know what's really nicer about it. But anyway, I have a bunch of Airframe Pros and I have a bunch of variants. So I try to only buy those two models so I don't, because like all my visors laying around, it's one of the two. That would be a third different new visor. And I'm just like, man. (laughs) And it's again, like, it's such a problem when I have five or six Airframe Pros and three or four variants. Yeah. Um, Like I literally have an Airframe Pro in gloss white and a variant in this camo with like a neon green icon logo. And I think they just quit doing that one too. So I'm glad I got it when I had a chance. Um, I wish they would have my flashbang, the one that I race in a lot. That's like the carbon matte black looking carbon with yeah, the orange. Yeah, I, I dig that one. Yeah. They quit making that one. Oh wow. So I think I'm going to suggest that they come back out with it, but don't do it in carbon. Cause I, I think the price on the carbon six and the regular ones four and it's not any lighter, I don't think. Like um, like when I was a kid driving a race car, you could get a carbon fiber Simpson and it was over a pound lighter. Um, but I don't think the icons like that. I think it's like a layer of carbon fiber. Yeah. So I don't think it's like necessarily a better helmet. It's just carbon fiber look. I mean, it's real carbon fiber, but it's mostly for look. So it'd be like, I'm like, why not just do that? Like, do your matte black with that orange, and it'd be super cool. Because a lot of people really dug that paint job. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about. I think it looks pretty cool. It's like clean, but it still says icon in like neon orange. Yeah. So it's like it still gets their logo out, but it, it looks real clean. Yeah. So. so yeah, man. I I looking at this stuff. It is incredible. The the 
build quality of it is pretty incredible. I was looking at the, the backpack and just like the quality of the, the stitching and even the little details in it. I couldn't believe it's also so can't wait you, to like did test you pull it. all the padding out of, or all the yeah. foam out of it? Yeah. So we had foam in it for there the There was a thousand dollars in there by the way. I didn't I shouldn't have mentioned that just now. Yeah, that's probably how they were gonna pay me and they didn't tell me about <laughs> right. it. Um yeah so it's actually a dry sack too. So the main pack on the inside is all like you can put your arm in there. It's rubber. Yeah. So that it's was my uh, nickname. It's in waterproof. High yeah, that's cr- uh, and the and then luckily it's got, like, Molly all over. Like you can, there's so it a, does have a little bit. Yeah, little bullet. Uh, and luckily for Turdman, it's left hand specific. Yeah, that turned out to be like it's what the not. Hell? It's universal. Like you can flip. So it's a single strap pack, and you can flip what side the strap goes on. And then what side the little like extra strap goes on to like kind of lock it in place. So and happens. it's cool. Um, I don't know if – have you switched the side the straps on? I did, yeah. So the extra strap will slide up inside there. So like if you're riding on a bike, the extra strap's really nice. It keeps it from like <laughs> rotating a, around. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, um, if you're like driving your car like I do all the time now. With the backpack on? No, but I take a backpack to yeah. like everywhere. There you go. Um, so you can take the extra strap that like on a single strap pack, it like kind of goes around your belly and like locks midway down yeah. the strap. I don't it, know what the I, hell to call it. It's because it's, it's like a stabilizer it, one. Yeah, and it totally would. I, it does. It I totally it. works. Like yeah. I said, I was working with it on the computer <laughs> and I can see how in the wind that wouldn't budge. Like yeah. that would be, be so tight. Um, so you can switch what side they're on. So you can switch your shoulder if you're right or left-handed. But the extra strap, this little stabilizer one, it like will slide up in between the padding and the the pocket, so it doesn't dangle out. I have a, another pack that I like a lot, made by someone else. Um, it's like more of a quote like tactical type thing, mm-hmm. um, but it has that same strap and it like hangs down. Like, it, or if I want to use the strap, it's a pain in the ass. Where that icon when you just like pull out, that's perfect to get caught in your chain and rip you off the bike. That'd be rad. Well, if you're on a bike, you should use it. <laughs> oh right, yeah, that's perfect. To but hang, when I hang, hang but when I get to door. work and I hang it out in the back of my chair, yeah, it it's everyone like, trips on it. it. No, it just gets like dirty because it hangs all the way down <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> it's like a grappling hook that yeah. just keeps tripping people. But yeah, the zippers on on oh, the icon God, pack yeah. are on the left. I was, so you can just slide it around and use yeah, them. It, it works so rad. And I did it. I was like, I see, see what he's talking about. You'd yeah. have to like tuck it up and zip it if you're hold, wearing right handed. It's all black, but when you unzip it, it's red, it, which helps you see everything in there. Yep. And it comes with all three, I believe, of their new backpacks right now come with tool rolls. Yeah. Just like the inside of an anaconda. You slice one of those suckers open, <laughs> it's all red on the inside, kind of dark on the and outside. And they have a tool roll in there. And there's a tool roll. Yep. Because uh, one thing anacondas love to eat, it's mechanics. Yep. And uh, So yeah, I don't know what the model of that bag is, but well, I definitely want to- I don't remember either. Take some pictures of uh, in use, and uh, I'll send them to yeah. Icon and say thanks for- Thanks for hooking Chris up. With that VFR, they might get posted on Mad Max Monday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It is looking pretty Mad Max. Briviffer, I've uh, turned the VFR into a scrambler. Uh, I went ahead and ordered a new lever for it, and I was like, while I'm at it, I'm going to go ahead and and order- Put some uh, knobbies on it. uh, Yeah. I'm going to order a CR650 dirt bike kit for it and put some knobbies on it and all sorts of stuff, so- Mm, you'll see. <laughs> um, hey, what do you think about getting into a challenge? Should we take a quick break and come back for a challenge? Sure. All right, let's do it. I'm actually really going to pause it and see. Uh, and save it just in case the battery shuts off. God. 
Hey, everybody, don't get caught on the outside line. Make sure you buy yourself some Clobman's pickles. Everyone from that one Valentine DeRosi or uh, whatever his name is, uh, Arnold DeBino, one of those guys, they all, all of them, I can guarantee, uh, buy a batch of Clobman pickles right before each race. And even that kid, what's his name? Uh, I forget his name, Jimmy... Reese or something like that or Jim Rod Reese whoever just won the flat track championships all these guys they really go out all out when they uh, go pickles and when they go pickles they go Clubman pickles why because Clubman pickles is the official pickle of motorcyclists everywhere go to the store and find Clubman's or you're lose your next race hey everybody Find yourself in a tight pinch. You need a tactical tool. You need something to get the job done. And you just don't have it. You reach into your pocket. You got some lint or you got a penny. And hey, that'll get you two things. That'll get you a, a linty penny. And that won't get the job done. You know what will get the job done is a uh, field initiatives knife. Uh, contact our own Chris Wiggins at askwigs at gmail or hit him up at field initiative knives on Instagram. Place your order, look at the goods, you know, make sure everything's up to the spec that you want, and he will cut and design you a knife, sharpen it, and even stick it in a sheath for you. Custom made, each one by hand, lovingly. He kisses them. I've seen him, every single one. Uh, that's why his lips are all chopped up. Anyway, Field Initiative Knives, check them out. You can't do yourself wrong. And they come with all sorts of neat gadgets built in because they're handmade with love by our own co-host, uh, Wedding Stone Wiggins. Field Initiative Knives on the internet. All right, everybody, we're back. And we have a challenge this week. And I know Wiggins came a little unprepared because he hasn't had time. We've been talking about that this whole show amongst other things, like bum urine on the bottom of shoes. But uh, yes, this week we're going to start a new challenge similar to the Moto Challenge. I think I'd like to explore what holds your bike up, the uh, suspension and the principles behind suspension. So you're going to say kickstand. And the kickstand. What holds your bike up? The center stand, and uh, which none of Wiggins' bikes has kickstands or center stands. He's not anymore. <laughs> none, none, yeah, he has to lean all of his bikes up against buildings or ask people to hold him. Hold this while I go over here, real quick. <laughs> uh, and then uh, that's got to be awkward at the store, like when you just run in. Hey, guy, come hold this. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get into suspensions, and since the motor challenge proved that we really couldn't count on any of the other podcasts who were frankly experts in the field. Field, uh, to get back to us in a timely manner so that we could determine the winner, uh, we kind of had to judge ourselves. And, um, you know, of course, Wiggins won that one. And because uh, he picked a lot, a lot, lot better bikes than I did. Well, so, all they needed was one vote from you because I voted for myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going to do that. So I kept voting for you, thinking he'll vote for me and we'll tie. But uh, it didn't work that way. So we're going to do a suspension challenge and hopefully. Just like the motor challenge, hopefully you learn a little bit of history and hopefully um, you learn a little bit of uh, how stuff works, how something simple, uh, seemingly simple, is actually responsible for keeping your bike from uh, basically sitting on the flat on the ground. So we got a little challenge here. I didn't, I, I'm not telling Wiggins how it works yet. So here's how it's going to work. In front of me, I have a comically large piece of money. <laughs> uh, 
I get a chuckle just looking at this thing every single time. A funny I, picture would be like you trying to put it in a Coke machine. <laughs> do that. That's going to be rad. Put this in like a, my piggy bank. Um, or pulling it behind someone's ear. <laughs> they have to have really big ears. This would be, that's going to be so rad. Uh, so yeah, I have a dice and I have a comically large piece of money. And then I have a helmet full of slips of paper. And Wiggins, instead of just winning a challenge, an overall challenge, each week for us is going to be a challenge. And uh, It already is, man. It, it I know. Is. It already is. Just coming here and looking at my face has got to be fucking killing your brain. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to roll a dice every week here. Whoever uh, – and then – so if Wiggins rolls higher than me, say he rolls a six and I roll a one, fine. Then we're going to flip this coin. And since heads starts with H, if it lands heads up, whoever gets the higher has the higher number gets to pick a piece of paper out of this helmet. And then vice versa. Whoever If, if it's uh, tails, whoever had the lower number gets to pick a piece of paper out of this helmet. Good thing it's not a pink Piper helmet. It would be hard to say. And on each of these pieces of paper is uh something that the uh, the chooser will have to do <laughs> throughout the just throughout the duration of the challenge cuz I don't want to make every show awkward and painful for all of you as well as us. So let's get this challenge underway and uh, tonight's um tonight's the inaugural one. So let's hope this is a little bit fun. I know Wiggs Wiggs is going to share the um the challenge with me since he didn't have time to prepare his uh sure his competition i i don't win by default this is a learning experience and not necessarily uh who did it better so we all we all know who did it better wiggins is giving me free shit all the time <laughs> of course i'm gonna say he did everything better so wiggs go ahead and roll this dice up here and let's see what wiggs did okay drama is oh man fucking high Oh, well, it was a two, and then you pulled it off, and then it was a four. Okay, so Wiggins got a four. I got a five. Oh, shit. I'm going to let Wiggins flip this baby. Flip that giant piece of money. Heads. Higher. Oh, no. (laughs) So Junkie pulls a slip of paper out of the hat, or out of the helmet, and what does this piece of paper say on it? This piece of paper said, aren't you glad you didn't get to choose it for the first week, Wiggs? Like, this is oh, I was wondering how you were like being fair about what you were pulling out. It's because it's, yeah, it's, it's on a post it that you stuck together, yeah. so you can't read them. So, I can't read them. Okay, so this is the Bob challenge, which is great because Wiggins doesn't know about my fucking suspension. This is gonna be awesome. So, I have to say Bob like every two or three words, and this comes from uh. A podcast that my kids listened to where these kids went to a, an alien planet and the alien said, hey, Bob, I, Bob, and Bob, going Bob, to Bob, kill you, Bob. So this is going to be an awkward uh, <laughs> This might be an awkward segment. Just I mean, because- if you think about it, if you have crappy suspension, you say Bob all the time. That's true. And you Bob and dive like, and all sorts of stuff. Man, the suspension's bobbing all over the place. Or you just Bob. My my Bob nuts Bob. So we're we're starting the challenge now. Let me let's uh let's pause so I can throw some music in here. I'm gonna have to think of some good challenge music. Okay, I'm gonna throw some music. But we're also running out of battery on the recorder, so I'm gonna hand I'm gonna hand this piece of paper to Wiggins after I try to remember remember the dates. So tonight's piece of suspension, Bob, is uh Bob the duo lever, Bob. And if Bob, you Bob, don't Bob know what the duo lever Bob is, Bob. (sighs) Fucking A, Bob. 
This is Bob gonna hard Bob be Bob hard to Bob. I think the challenge you. alone is enough. You're trying to <laughs> you're trying to add too much Bob to it. Bob, yeah. How about I do Bob every tenth word? Bob. Sure. And how about I say Bob instead of Chris? So Bob, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Okay. The listeners out there, your name's Bob now, and I'm explaining this to you. Okay, Bob? So listen up. That way it's not going to be annoying. So this is about the duo lever, Bob. You ever heard about it? Well, Bob, let me tell you about it. The duo lever is used on uh, BMW motorcycles, and it's based, Bob, now listen up. I know you're going to like this because you're interested in suspension just as much as we are, Bob. Focus your ears, Bob. It's based on a Hossack. Front end, and if you don't know what a Hossack front end is, I don't want to cheat and get into that in case. Well, Bob, in case it comes up again later at some point. So, Bob, the the uh, BMW Duo lever is basically a weird, uh, rigid front suspension. Bob, do you know what a rigid front suspension is? It's where you don't have like telescopic forks that slide in and out of each other, Bob. And if uh, if somebody wants to pick telescopic forks in a future episode, we'll talk about them then. It's, so, Bob, it's more like an A arm suspension on a car. Well. Bob just hit the nail on the head, other Bob. Uh, yeah, it's it's very well. It's, the duo lever is based on two A arms, but that's not all, Bob. Is because the new Goldwing technically a duo lever? Uh, it's a Hossack. the The new Goldwing's a Hossack, but I, Bob, listen up. I think uh, Honda. So does Bob know the difference between a Hossack and a duo lever? Uh, a duo lever is a type of Hossack. Bob. Oh, okay, that's why I'm Bob saying that. Are you listening, Bob? So yeah, so so BMW, anybody that uses their own suspensions uh, or that makes any suspension leaning, you know, hey, Bob, you riding a Nikon yet? Because listen, if you are, I know a guy named Bob that has a Piaggio, and they can't use the same front ends. They have to be uh, different in design. So Bob, you can base something off of a design like a Hossack It's usually design. only so many years, though, because mm. of patents, is that what you're saying? Yeah, patents, depending on the length of the patent and the technology used in the patent. Bob, are you listening to this? Because I'm not a patent lawyer, but I do know that uh, it has to be licensed if you're going to use certain things that you don't then go and invent yourself. You have to be very careful, Bob, when you're inventing something uh, that's based on something. That's why That's why it's based on, and it's not a Hossack front end. Okay. So, Bob, listen up. The duo lever works like this, and it's only used on certain BMW models. Uh, they also have something called the telelever, which I don't want to get into, because, Bob, I know you're going to want to hear about that later, and that might be a front end that comes up. So the telelever and the duo lever both work off of A-arms, but, Bob, you're going to freak out about this one, because the duo lever kind of has floating handlebars. <laughs> Like you're gonna trip out when you learn how this works. Um, I I actually drew a picture of it because I can't. I don't have BMW's permission to use any of their copyrighted stuff. So I drew a picture of how it works. Like it would matter if you printed it off the internet for the podcast, Bob. I could, uh, yeah. I have (laughs) access to everything, but under copyright, I can't use it, Bob. But I do. I could probably find something on Creative Commons, Bob. That's a good idea, Bob. You're hired. Um, So yeah, the 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 tricky piece of this is that it's used on the K1300, Bob. You probably don't know what that is. I'm going to tell you that was their. They had a sport bike. And the K1300S and the K1200S, and they also had a K1300R, which was like a naked sport bike. Yes, BMW did some naked sport bikes. Bob, you probably own an F800R out there. I, I hear you. I had a, or I didn't have, I rode and I should have bought an R1100S and it had the front end. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, the, that had the telelever. The R's, uh, uh, those had the telelever. And because um, I think only the K's had the duo lever. And the new K1600 bagger, which is a direct competition to the Goldwing, also uses the tele, the duo lever. And how it works is, well, how does that work? Because you got a naked, you got a sport bike, you got a sport tourer, you got a, a bagger, all and the K twelve hundred RT or the K twelve hundred, the K twelve hundred LT maybe had the duo levers. I forget. I wrote all the models down. Did, was there a R that used it? K twelve hundred S, K twelve hundred R. Yeah, yeah. K thirteen hundred R. Yeah. K twelve and thirteen hundred GTs. So it was only the Ks. Yeah, that's what I thought. The Rs used the the telelever. So Bob's, listen up out there. <clears throat> and all you lady bobs out there that are interested in this stuff too. How do you go from having a sport tour to a bagger? You don't have the same handlebars. I mean, the, the baggers have big pullback. You know, how does that work? So at the top of this suspension, listen up, Bob, you're going to freak out. The bridge that you're, you normally call like a triple clamp or an upper triple tree on a regular motorcycle, that thing just floats like in the air. That's like nothing. That's connected to what they call a, the BMW part is called steering piece. And so therefore, you can have any sort of handlebars you want connected to your upper triple tree, like the clip-ons from the uh, the K1300s or the baggers that are kind of like Bri Viffer's VFR where the handlebars bolt to the top. Uh, don't, they don't call it triple clamp because nothing goes through it. It's literally just a piece for the handlebars to stick to. That's all it is, like a plate. And in this plate runs a bolt. Like a well, that's what they call the steering piece. It's like a, uh, it's like a just a long kind of bolt, and that goes into what looks like a bicycle steering head tube on top of the frame, and that's it. That's all your handlebars do is they just attach to the frame, nothing else. So how do you turn the forks then? If you could turn your handlebars, how do the forks turn? Well, Bob, I'm going to tell you. This is where the duo levers come in, because attached to that front like front piece that they call the steering piece, there's like a little yoke on the bottom where a sheave joint attaches. Now, Wiggs, did you see that rad sheave joint right here? This steering piece has like two, it looks like a boner actually because it's got two <laughs> like uh, splines on the end with like a shaft going up. So it kind of looks like a, a, if like a, you asked a four-year-old to draw a penis, it's probably what they would draw. So these sheave joints are like two weird uh, you know those boxing gloves on old cartoons that you would, or you, they would squeeze the handle and the boxing glove would come out. All those accordions. That's kind of what the sheave joint looks like. It itself is like two A arms coupled together in the center, and that, my friends, is what connects your handlebars to your forks and lets you turn the whole apparatus. And if that's not confusing enough, the sheave joint attaches to the front fork, <laughs> and the front fork. Is just a rigid chunk of metal that actually is shaped really trippily. And it was a big old, I think these were like um, hydroformed aluminum. And so I think that they were hollow inside. They're a big fat piece of uh, hollow, weird aluminum. Kind of like if you get an Easter bunny and you smack that fucker open, he's hollow inside, right? So all the, he, you're, you're this promise of, gobs of chocolate is quickly dashed when you realize he's hollow inside so that's basically these forks otherwise your front end would weigh about twelve thousand pounds and hitting a speed bump would launch twelve thousand pounds of weight back up into your face so the uh the steering piece connects to the sheave joint which again looks like scissors or like a little hair clip or something like that um which attaches to the fork 
and the fork, like I said, is this rigid hollow piece. Well, how does the where does that connect to the bike? That's where the A arms come in, baby. The A arms are what they call the duo levers. So the frame has this weird neck that comes down, and then it comes down into this box. And the the box front end is where these two uh, A arms come out, and then the shock actually mounts to the front fork. And then to the frame. So instead of having telescopic forks with springs inside of them, you have like the strut like you'd find like in your mom's Audi or something in the front end with two A-arms. So just like Chris said, this almost looks like a Formula One race car suspension turned sideways. If you look at a Formula One race car suspension and you're looking, you know, the two A-arms come out of the car and then the wheel spins on the end of that and there's there's some sort of spindle or something that mounts in between those. That's exactly how this works. Only the spindle, instead of being uh, hooked to like a, a wheel now, you pop that spindle out or the knuckle, you would call it on a car, you know, a knuckle or a spindle. You pop the knuckle out and you stick a fork there and then you turn it sideways. And that's the front end of your freaking BMW. Now, why do they do that? Well, if you've ever ridden, if you've ever seen Guy Martin race a chopper around at Dirtquake, you'll know that uh, forks have flex. And even even the best of race bikes, even these new 43 millimeter and 41 millimeter, and before that, wigs, like your old bikes, what is the fork tube diameters? Like 39, right? 33. But you know, old sporties are 39. Yeah. Uh, I think the CBX is like. Th- 31 or 33. Spamla is like 31. A lot of them are 31. Dude, they're tiny. They look like yeah. toothpicks. You look at pictures of like my Magna, for example, when I had that thing, you look behind it and it's it looks like 400 pounds of motorcycle on 28 pounds of fork and front wheel. And you're like, how is this going to work? When I stop, the the literally, I should be able to put on the front brake and the wheel is going to bend those front forks like drinking straws. You know, I might as well have rubber tubes uh, hanging out through my triple trees because they used to be so skinny and that's you know that's what you relied on uh you would actually if you had rigid forks they would bend and uh braking in, in corners and trail braking which is like holding the brake on through corners um all that stuff makes your forks bend and flex so not only are they turning sideways but they're also bending backwards toward the bike and if you ever smash your bike into a wall or into the back end of a car, like I know some of you probably have, what's the first thing that happens? The front wheel comes back into the radiator or into the front cylinders or whatever, depending on what type of bike you ride. Well, on these, that would not happen. That can't happen. They can only go up and down. So you don't get brake dive. You actually get weird. I think the bike kind of stands up, actually, when you brake. Um, the Goldwing, you get a little bit of dive, but not that much. Yeah, Well, and the new, the new Goldwing... Crazy was uh, such speculation on what this front end is going to be, right? And when it came out, it turned out to be a very, very similar one to this BMW one. I don't know if they use A arms because um, I for- I've already forgot about it. You know, that's- I don't remember if it uses A arms or does it use four like radius rods? Yeah, see, it might have that, and that's how the telelever <laughs> BMW suspension works. Is it, but it's, it's trippy because you can see it move. Like when it hits bumps, you can see it up right under the. Yeah. Basically with the top triple, even though it's not the top triple. And if if you go back to the literature, which I should post because they gave us a whole bunch of literature at the show, the whole reason is because on that new Goldwing, it shows you the trajectory. The wheel would go back into the radiator if you compressed it six inches. Now you compress it six inches and it just goes straight up. So you don't have... Well, you experience... It, should, it goes dive. back a little bit. Well, because it's at a rake too, but it doesn't... Like the old one, 
it shortens your wheelbase, like to get on the brakes pretty hard. And it does all sorts of stuff to your steering geometry. Well, you actually, like to a point, you want that too, because when you hit a bump, you're also hitting it probably more so with forward motion. Right. So it's one of the reasons for a rake. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps everything super steady. And the reason that they developed these front ends is to, it does away with a lot of weird flexion and a lot of stiction and a lot of weird, uh, I don't want to call them negative because some people, when you start riding a bike, you get used to this stuff. And a lot of people are freaked out when they ride these dual lever bikes because you don't have the same sort of feedback. It gives you a lot of different feedback. A lot of these don't dive. They kind of stand up when you brake because the fr- the back end is sinking down and the front end comes up and it, also, it almost makes the bike feel like it's raising instead of diving down. I think the raise is more like the uh, the Vespas. They had like a... It wasn't a leading link. It was more like a trailing link, or maybe it was a leading link. And when you would squeeze the brake because the very bottom was your suspension, it would like rotate with the uh-huh. wheel. But the way that they do these, it's it's so far, it's different. It's yeah. so far away. It's it doesn't. Ex- it's exactly the why, Goldwing uh, still has a little bit of dive. Yeah, but nothing like it had before. Yeah. If you ride conventional forks and then ride one of these, like people freak because they're not used to this type of, they're, they're used to more feedback and these things dampen the feedback so much. And if you watch a front, a front end of a car, like Wiggins was saying, this is, this is pretty much pretty close to a, uh, formula one front suspended, an open wheel car. Let's just say any open wheel car that uses a arms, but they have a tie rod going out to the knuckle that turns it, you know, cause you're turning a steering wheel and there's usually like a, uh, a, a rack and pinion or something that's moving these, t- uh, tie rods. But on a motorcycle, you can't do that. You can't have like a steering arm. So the sheave joint is basically what acts as like the tie rod, but it has to be sturdy and it has to take the force of left and right because your handlebars aren't connected to anything until you connect the sheave joint. If you take the sheave joint off, you can move the handlebars left and right and the front fork will stay straight. You can move the front fork left and right and the handlebars will stay straight. It's the sheave joint that acts like the, uh, the whole connector to the deal. And it's mounted to the eight, the the actual fork is mounted to the duo levers by ball joints. So you can see how this whole thing flexes and moves. Like it can't it can't rotate in and out like a conventional fork can. Like it can't you can't bend the fork in toward you during braking or even if you hit something. And it so it only goes up and down. And supposedly it makes these things crazy sturdy and in corners it makes them super rigid and fast and those K1300s for you know the Hayabusa is the only 1300 sport bike now but when BMW had the K1300 um it was amazing the the cornering on those things was supposedly amazing but when you start getting into to racing and like practical applications a that's a lot of weight and a lot of shit to go. Yeah, I have think to mostly it's a lot of weight. Yeah, uh, I think for a lot of production bikes, it's a lot of money. Yeah, compared to a telescoping fork, but for a race bike, it's a lot of weight. But I mean, you look at um, oh, that's what Bomotas mostly were, weren't they? Uh, the Tessie, yeah, the Tessie had like a rad. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a Hossack front end, but it did have like also like a zero and die it, front end. But it still turned normal yeah because the other super yeah, it, weird one was like that elf honda oh with the hub steer hub it had like steering. the weird hub yeah. steer yeah the other thing about this is this this dotted line that i drew here represents the frame so you had to have this piece and then you had to have the box here and then another box here to support so that's a lot of mass up front too if yeah. you wanted to get skinny or get aerodynamic or you tweak that let's say 
throws everything off. So there's the downside is that – And I don't know about stable. this one compared to like the R1100S, but the other f- linkage front end like that too, the bottom link was really long. Yeah. I don't – Yeah. It would have changed how it came up a little bit because you would have like your top link as it came up, you would have a tighter arc and your bottom link would have a more gradual arc. Yeah. And that's but, why they and, – and also – how do you? Hit I don't a, know if the wings equal length or not. On a on a, because you got to remember this fork is rigid, too, and so on some of the BMWs the telelevers, which I don't want to give away the secret now. But how do you hit a bump and have your fork come up, but not your not your handlebars rip out of the frame if it's a rigid fork and it's connected somehow? That's where the sheave joint comes in because on some BMWs I don't want to give it too much away because I probably want to use this on a later episode, but some BMWs have dummy forks that slide up and down in the tubes. That's how your regular motorcycles hit a bump and the mm-hmm. handlebars don't go flying off. So it's because the those, bottom tubes move, but the top tubes don't. Well, those beamers are interesting because they have like a telescoping fork, but they have one A-arm. Yeah, don't and give then, it away. That's the oh, telelever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think – I thought the R1100 that I rode was – more like that where the fork itself was rigid. Almost every R has a telelever in it. Uh, and if you wrote a R, you, it, it was, was an R1100S. It was a black yeah. one, but it was what they used for the boxer cup stuff. Yeah. All those R1100Rs, the R1200Rs, those all still use the uh, telelever. Not The only BMW that uses conventional front end, I believe, is the F800 and, of course, the G310s and all that stuff. But... Uh, even the even the R twelve hundred GSs and um, like the F seven fifties and all the like the smaller stuff, anything that had an F or that was a parallel twin, those usually used a conventional front end. But anything over that, any of the bigger bikes and anything with the complicated oh, yeah. frame, they did use the telelever. Yeah, they have the telelever, and and I don't want to give the secrets of that away. But why? You know, it's so interesting that these higher end companies. The wing is more like a dual lever then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that the wing. Ha- ha- definitely has dual ever um or hasek style styling but the whole thing is that uh you can have when you have a big frame that's that big they had so much stuff in there already up at the front you can you can move the center of mass forward because you don't have to rely on clearance for the wheel to come back because it doesn't it goes straight up and down so the, the stability the uh the weird forces that act on your suspension in corners and during braking and all that stuff, it was negated. So a lot of, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people that rode these bikes early on were like, Oh, it's kind of weird. It doesn't feed back like a regular bike. But then once you start riding it for a while, you're like, Hey, cool. I, I like it better. You know, in a lot of cases. And then like the 1200s and all that stuff, they still feel like a regular bike because the telelever is very different than the dual lever. But the, uh, the baggers and <clears throat> the kit, the, uh, a lot of these, bikes that are on that are listed on here the k1600s huge you know huge baggers so they need to be sturdy and and glide over shit but also these k1200 s's and the uh the the gts those are sport tourings they're kind of like this this isn't a sport bike this is a sport touring yeah right so you you kind of design stuff a little different you don't really care about weight but what you do care about is handling and uh the duo lever bob I'm sorry, I haven't been addressing you during this whole challenge. I don't want you to feel left out, but I haven't <laughs> forgot you. But Bob, that's the whole that's the whole shabil about the uh, the dual lever front end. And although I did lose this week, Bob, I want you to know one thing: we'll be coming at you next week. 
<laughs> with uh, a head-to-head suspension Caparo, and we're going to go all out on these things. I hope you learned something about the dual levers. If you get a chance, uh, I'll put this crappy picture that I drew up on our blog, and if I can get some free copyright-free... Uh, uh, I already ro- posted ro- it on Instagram good. on Tuesday. Good, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're time traveling. You guys are going back in time to Tuesday. You're hearing this on Friday. You're going back in time. To I feel weird for you right now, but I also hope you learned something. But yeah, man. So that's that's the dual lever. In, I actually did too. Like, still confused how it's different from the Hussocks, but just uh, from the tail lever to the dual lever makes sense. That it's kind of the, yeah. the differences. Yeah, and BMW is not. You mentioned a couple, you know, the 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 Bimotas. What is like the GS twelve hundred and stuff use? Are they regular telescoping forks? No, those the, most of the R stuff uses telelevers, and, and that's a like the G eleven hundred, the the R R twelve hundred GS, or new or the R twelve fifty GS. Are okay, yeah, all the R's, the so G's. Even though they're a G, even though it's an off road, they use the yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. The G's like the anything the GS, smaller, yeah. like the. Folks, we're on borrowed time. The uh, the recorder is like running out of battery, and I told you I didn't have spare. So I hope you learned something. But to to wrap up Wiggins' point here is that yeah, the G bikes, the G's all used uh, the smaller bikes, all used um, pretty standard telescopic forks. The only ones that use the telelevers and the dual levers are the R's and the K's and um, the S's. Pretty much use uh, conventional forks too, so you don't want to you don't want to get a race bike and then not have somebody be able to make all sorts of cool components and stuff for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to you want to have that stuff be able to be mass marketed. So I think that's why they don't use any of this Wango Tango. I think a lot of it's very weight too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially when you have to build a big boxy frame like that to support that. Yeah. Heavy front end, but um, but yeah, wigs. Um, listen, man. Listen, Bob. I really, Bob, hope that you uh, you get to be part of this challenge next week, Bob. <laughs> but yeah, next week we'll have two suspension types. Could be front and rear. Could be front and front. Could be rear and rear. Who knows? But hopefully, Bob, if you're out there listening, hopefully we uh, teach you something about your bike. And Bob, since this is the end of the challenge, I'm going to quit saying Bob. So, hey, that's our show for this week. I hope you liked last week's show. You got any cool sign-offs? I'm going to do uh I'm going to probably drop in some current events and upcoming stuff since we haven't done that in a little bit. Uh we've been too too damn busy, but I really want you all to get out there and enjoy whatever's coming up this weekend cuz I know for most of you there's nothing cuz it's going to be snowing. <laughs> I think there's a, another classic track day coming up. Um in December because we can. December 9th. <laughs> Uh, December 9th. Yeah. So yeah. another ramming speed Brady Walker track day, uh, December 9th. We are such dicks. We can ride. 
<laughs> but tune in for the show. Hey, we might have Brady on and we might uh, be able to fill you in on what went down. Also, if you get a chance, do me a favor. Uh, go listen to the NOCO Moto Podcast. They uh, were kind enough to mention us this week on the show. They love Wiggins. They, they met me, but they love Wiggins. Don't ask me <laughs> what's going on with that. Uh, also... Um, they're getting old in the tooth and long and boring and really long form. But if you want to torture yourself, I guess you could listen to uh, our buddies over at the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast too. But uh, but yeah, also keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I'm excited to see what's happening. I know there's a lot of indoor flat track racing coming back to Minnesota and to uh, the Midwest in general. They they decided, hey, this hooligan stuff that Wiggins and his buddies started out in California is catching on. So we're going to bring it back for the winter time here inside. So go huff some fumes in a <laughs> dirty uh, warehouse somewhere in Iowa or Minnesota or wherever you're at and enjoy some racing. And uh, other than that, you got any cool sign-offs? That's it. Man, that was a good one. I'm going to leave that in. All right. Bye. Uh, all right, everybody. I just wanted to uh, let our patrons know that uh, we have going for us right now a uh, an awesome giveaway and uh, actually let everybody know that participated in Spooky Spokes, which was two people. <laughs> so uh, of our patrons, I'm giving a one little prize bag out to uh, Nerissa. Thank you for submitting a Spooky Spokes submission and, of course, uh, listener Chris Singsheim. And then I've got a few practice bags, our little crazy spooky zombie practice bag. I think I've got like three or four practice ones laying around. I think three of them uh, or two of them. I I don't know. I'll count them up over there. They're laying in a pile over there. And uh, I will um, get an auction, you know, kind of like randomly draw these out for for our patrons, extra patrons. It's not going to be perfect ones. It's going to be ones that I practice with. But uh, that's okay. So there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six or seven of you guys that uh, are eligible for that. And since Wiggins uh, and I quit recording, um, we'll draw those and announce them on the next show. But congrats to Nerissa, patron Nerissa and listener Singsheim. A little crazy uh, flappy zombie bag is going to be on the way um, pretty soon here. Thanks to our uh, latest listener or our latest patron, Ray. You should hopefully have uh, got your stuff in the mail. And let's get on to some current events, shall we? And let's do it right now. Uh, it looks like Sunday, December 2nd, is going to be a one-day school, Moto Anatomy. It's, it says Johnny Lewis flat track training. Johnny Lewis being, uh, what is he, number 10 in the AFT uh, AFT stable? Anyway, Johnny Lewis, number 10, uh, is going to be doing a training out at Blackmore Ranch in Murrieta, California, which is what Chris was talking about earlier. Um, everybody's been going out there. It's 300 bucks, and the bike and gear are not included. So it's more than that if you don't have a bike or gear. If you want to check that out, head out to uh, or actually look them up on uh, Moto Anatomy, formerly 10 Training, which is Johnny Lewis's number. And, uh, yeah, check that out if you so desire. Also, the TT and Dirt Track races coming again at Day in the Dirt. Uh, if you go to hell, hell, <clears throat> hell bigcartel.com, you can pre-register. It's going to be Saturday, November 24th at uh, noon. That is, every 24th is when the uh, day, or, well, every 
around every Thanksgiving, whatever, the next day after Thanksgiving, or the next weekend after Thanksgiving or whatever, is usually uh, whenever the day in the dirt is. And that happens every year. And the Caselli Foundation, I think, will be there too because I think they are big proponents of that and mostly kind of who puts it on. If you heard Wiggins say December 9th was a uh, ramming speed racing uh, day out at Willow Springs, then he's probably right. And I'm not going to second guess that, but I will go to Ramming Speed Racing's Instagram and tell you what they say. And I've also got a couple other things saved here because I did, I wasn't lying. Pardon me, Indoor Flat Track is coming back to the Midwest in a huge way. But before I get to all that hubbub, if you're going to be in the Pacific Northwest, which is just west from what i hear of the uh, northeast uh andy debrino is going to be celebrating his championship party at latest motors harley davidson at 870 east berkeley street in gladstone oregon and if i'm not crazy if you go back and listen to episode uh, 100 something we had amanda from Bl- or who is known as better known as blind thistle and i believe she probably works at that latest uh dealership so yeah check that out he won of course the super hooligans national championship uh even though he got banged up a little bit there at the end but uh still took home number one says it's gonna be happening from 7 to 10 p.m they're gonna have electric mini bike racing and i did scope out those electric mini bikes they look pretty cool (laughs) they're kind of weird but uh yeah so free beer, free pizza, uh, and you get a free kiss from Andy Debrino if you go check it out. Uh, Los Angeles Moto on the nineteen or on the nineteen seventeenth. That doesn't make any sense. On November seventeenth, two thousand eighteen, we'll be having an after party at Lasa Engineering. Um, two weeks from today, which when was this posted? Like a week ago, because uh, IMS is coming up here pretty quick. But anyways. Uh, the 17th, they're going to be having a uh, Long Beach IMS kickoff party at Lhasa Engineering. Um, see, finally, an Instagram flyer that has a, a date and a location. I like it. I like it, you guys. So the date's November 17th, 8 p.m. to midnight. The location's Lhasa Engineering. We got food, beer, specialty cocktails, and raffle prizes from the Shift brands. So that Shift is going to be um, is like the marketplace that last year we interviewed a few people from that. Uh, Howard's County Fairgrounds Motorcycle Swap Meet and Bike Show happening October 28th. So if you can time travel, go check that one out. It's going to be awesome. And uh, <laughs> Hooligan Wiggins is a national shootout happened on the 3rd, as well as the Torque Moto Cafe, uh, Wind of Change to Stop Domestic Violence. I did not get to tell you guys about those last week, so I am super dupe sorry. Um, but if you are going to be around Industry Expo Center December 29th, uh, that's here in SoCal, there's going to be one night of thrill spills, bumps, and jumps, and that's going to be the Stampede Scrambles. It opens at 3, racing starts at 4. They got Vintage, Tank Shift, Ladies, Hooligans, Polestar, and more. Industry Expo Center. Um, you can live stream that. If you have a... Uh, let me think. If you go to livestream.com, I think it's still... I think that's still like a pretty viable... Um, yeah, I think you can still do that. I think I think livestream.com is still a thing that you don't have to pay for yet. But you can uh, you can head down to uh, head over there and Industry Expo Center definitely live streams their events. If you can't make it down there, if you're in another part of the country, whatever. If your bike has two flats and no gas, like Spamela, uh, go for it. Just 
check it out on their live stream feed. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I implore you, there, there was just a, a race here uh, when Wiggins was doing his crazy speedway and hooligan race out at Paris down the street from me. There was a pretty cool uh, King of the Wings sort of thing happening here at Irwindale, which was pretty rad. And so I implore you to check out your local racetracks, find out exactly what's happening on the indoors and the outdoors near you this winter. Keep them open. You don't go to the track, guess what? They close down. Speaking of tracks, I have verified that if you visit Willow Springs Raceway on Sunday, December 9th, uh, at Big Willow Ramming Speed, we'll be having their classic track day. And man, if you listen to the Shred Show uh, podcast, which we've talked to uh, Tony from 27 Cycles, they they have a, a podcast where they talk about their Harleys and what they're doing with that uh, class and at those races and this and that and uh, upgrades to the bikes. If you got any Harleys that you want to take to a track or anything like that, I would uh, definitely listen to the Shred Show and they make, not only do they make products, they test bikes, they race their bikes, and they develop the bikes and make more and more parts um, based on their experience and getting faster and faster. And they're slinging Dynas around with the sport bikes. And I think he doesn't have a Dyna anymore. I think he's got a fat, um, maybe a fat bob or something. After. Yeah, I think he's, I think he got a new fat bob. But um, yeah, they said that the last track, classic track day, you got three laps for 20 bucks as long as you had proper full attire, you know, no squid, no halfy helmets and, uh, and, a le- and a denim jackets. But as long as you had like a good, a good pair of uh, road riding gear and a full face helmet, you could go out there for 20 bucks and do some uh, three laps on the, the old track just to get you out on a track, just to get you accustomed with the track and how it feels and get you interested and say, hey, I want to I sign up for a track day. I know I'm going to have to go buy leathers now, but I'll come back here and I just I want to go full out on the track now. So uh, maybe they'll be doing that again uh, on Sunday, uh, December 9th. So check that out. I know that there is actually going to be, there should be a last uh, SoCal Cycle Swap Meet, I think, uh, coming up at the end of this month. I don't think they've given up yet. Maybe they did, maybe maybe October was the last one, but uh, I don't think so. But the NorCal uh, Swap Meet, I think their last... um, their last swap meet is going to be coming up pretty soon. I think it's going to be uh, this weekend or next weekend. So you might want to check that out. Of course, it is. It does actually. We do try to take a break here in uh, California, but you, you never can um, never can guarantee that. Yeah, it says the last swap of 2018 is going to be November 11th. That's at 9616 Oats Drive, Sacramento, California. Um, lots going on right now in the moto world. If you have two eyes and a computer, you've probably seen most of the stuff coming out from ICMA right now. And I'm super stoked, but this happens every year. The stuff does not make it through customs to IMS. So a lot of that stuff that we're seeing at ICMA that I really wish I could lay eyes and hands on and just look at and photograph and bring you all the specs for, probably most of it won't be at IMS. Uh, You know, a lot of it won't. But um, if it is, I'm super stoked to check out the new Royal Enfield uh, KX, I think that thing is called. Oh, my God. that that It's a concept. It's definitely a concept. But... Uh, yeah, that thing, there has been a rumored 750 motor coming out of Royal Enfield forever now, and it looks like they threw it in that bike. 
And uh, speaking of crazy suspensions, if you look at the front end on that thing, it looks like it might have a variation of a Hasek front end in it. <clears throat> and uh, an 838 V-Twin, which is like a V-Twin is like a first for Royal Enfield. Besides uh, Anakin Varakin, I forget his la- his last name, but uh, yeah, he made a like a 750 musket or something out of two 350 uh, twins. <laughs> He's, he made his own castings and sandwiched them together. Um, but yeah, uh, looks good. A lot of cool stuff coming out in the e-bike category. Um, lots of people coming out with e-bikes and, uh, the one that surprised me so far is Jensen Beeler's write-up of the Hyosung, um, electric like race bike. It looks awesome. And, uh, he said so far it's his favorite thing, <clears throat> favorite thing to come out of Eichma. And I have to agree, Hyosung is one of those companies that made motors for Suzuki. They tried to break themselves into the market in 20. Uh, no, 2007, and then we all know, you know, 2008 was the uh, collapse, the uh, financial collapse, and we've struggled to get a lot of these manufacturers back. But Hyosung's held in there like a, they've been hanging in like a dirty shirt, and uh, I, they're coming back strong apparently. So I'm excited to see what what heads over this way from Eichma. But if you are sad that we didn't get into a lot of that on this show. That's why, because by next week at this time, there's going to be so much more available. The show goes all weekend, and uh, we record this on Tuesday, and I think it's over on Saturday or Sunday. So there's going to be a lot more that pops out, and we want to make sure we have it all instead of just reporting a little. And finally, last but not least, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's challenge, and I just wanted to top it off Uh, with a quote from BMW's website uh, regarding the dual lever. And they, if you go to BMW's website, um, it's uh, bmwmotorcycles.com. Search around on there. They've got so much info on there, you won't believe it. But they actually go into the technology of a lot of, they go into the theory of a lot of the technology that they put on their bikes. And they got the dual levers right on there. And they tell you how it works, and they, they do a really good job, much better job than this knucklehead of laying out exactly what it is. When you hear uh, things like uh, four-bar linkage with two semi-trailing arms made of forged steel secured to the frame by roller bearings, and they, you know, a trapezoidal-shaped scissor-type articulation, blah, blah, blah. That's a sheer, sheave joint, a sheer joint I was talking about. If I called it a sheave joint, I'm an idiot. It's a sheer joint. Uh, sheave is usually what's in the part of a scooter uh, belt transmission. But anyway, so the, the basic benefits of that type of front suspension, which, quote, is the currently the most innovative on the motorcycle market, end quote, is the uh, torsion resistance where, like I was saying, this, the tubes and sliders on a, on a regular fork twist sideways and lengthways, and during compression and rebound, they change the... Uh, the wheelbase and like (laughs) geometry of your bike the dual lever front suspension i'm going to quote them right here quote the dual lever front suspension by bmw motorrad has no such negative effects it's two semi-trailing arms absorb the forces that arise during compression and rebound keeping the fork slider stable any torsion is thereby prevented and the front suspension is very precise end quote it basically separates the damping and the steering functions because they're totally independent if you take that like i was saying you take that shear joint off and they don't even connect to each other so yeah 
that's uh, one of the benefits of it. And uh, ne- I'm super excited to bring you guys a couple more next week. And hopefully when I reach into my silly little bag or my helmet full of little tricks, hopefully Wiggins pulls one out next week because I wrote some pretty funny ones down. And I hope I, hope I get to hear him do one of these dumb things. But in the meantime, that's our show. Uh, thank you so much for Spooky Spokes. Go back and listen to all the ones from last year. I know it's it's you're thinking about Turkey already, and um, in Australia you're thinking about the weather, how it's getting hot, and you know, in in uh, Newfoundland you're thinking about the uh, whatever the shark, the stone shark, what's it called, the, the Greenland shark, and how awesome that thing is. And uh, ever who who knows what you're thinking about, but I hope it's uh, two wheel related. And if you are a good artist, please draw us an Australian in Newfoundland thinking about a a Greenland shark riding a motorcycle. All right, that's it for this week's show. Uh, Fart on a biscuit. Bye.